0: Hey, what's going on? This is the podcast for Centerpoint Church in Hendersonville, Tennessee. We have a special guest in the house today. Pastor Adam French just came out with this book, Mandinity. I can't wait to hear from him. Let's jump right in. I'm excited for football season, right, man? If you raise your hand, if you're excited for football season, go Vols. Any balls fans in here? Guys, talk about being faithful. Being a Balls fan, you got to be faithful, right? We've been, it's been about, well, we had a winning season 15 years ago. It's all right, right? My kids, most of them are like, they're like, Tennessee used to win? I'm like, sit down, sit down. I know what you're talking about, right? Football is important, though, to me. And I'll tell you, there's been some specific moments in my life where uh, God taught me some lesson, lessons through through sports. Uh, I'm a coach, I'm a coach in the community, but I remember my freshman year, uh, we had a we had a project that uh, you had to shadow uh, a family member, right? And so, a couple of guys on my freshman team said so they want to shadow my mom. My mom was a school teacher. During that time, you know, it, it seemed like on the outside we had everything together, though, right? We were one of those families. We showed up and made made sure everybody knew that we looked good. We didn't want anybody to think that we weren't. But actually, what was going on was my dad's alcoholism was progressively getting worse. So much so that he stopped coming home a lot. So this particular week, the, the two two football players on my team came and stayed the, stayed a couple days with me, and they kept asking me, "You know, where's your dad? Where's your dad?" And I, oh, my dad had to worry. I kept making up excuses. You know, I was, I was afraid. And not only was I afraid, I thought I, this is some things in life you just got to deal with by yourself. That's I don't know where I learned that, but that's what I thought. I just got to take. I got to handle this on my own. This is one of these things you don't tell people about, right? We kind of a little bit get that some of that in the South, right? In the Bible Belt, let's put it behind the belt. Just tighten the belt a little bit. Nobody'll see it. That, that don't work that way. But I'll never forget. It had been a couple of days, and we're sitting in practice. Uh, it was as after practice actually, and, and some guys kept asking me. One guy started making fun of me. He's like, you know, where's your day? He kept, you know, he was kind of cracking jokes. And next thing you know, I look up, and there's four or five guys surrounding me. And uh, there's some tough guys. One of the guys was a known gang member in town. And I was kind of like, hey, you know, what's going on? You know, I wasn't sure. Some roughneck guys. But they told me at that moment, I was, I was a law student at that time, didn't know the Lord. But they said, listen, none of us in this circle have our dads. And we just had a moment together. And, and when I walked away, I thought, man, I don't have to hide that. Like, I felt stronger because we were together. Because I had somebody with me, and that's what I want to talk about this morning, is that we are stronger together. Everybody say, stronger together. We, that wasn't very good. Man, y'all need some more coffee. I know y'all got big old Panera Bread bagels. Those are the biggest bagels I've ever seen in my life. Y'all should start promoting that on social media. People be showing up by the masses, right? Say, everybody say, stronger together. We are. We are stronger together, and we forget that. And we forget that our enemies, his his main solution to break up the church, right, is to separate us and to isolate us. He doesn't want us to be together. So we're going to be looking, if you have your Bibles, please turn to Ecclesiastics chapter four. This is a fun, fun book in the Bible. It's not. <laughs> It'll leave you with the lot. If you read this Bible, all your questions, if you read this book of the Bible this week, all your questions go to Jason, okay? I don't want to have to deal with those. But chapter 4, starting in verse 9, I think we can learn some things here. It's a a verse that's spoken to me over over my life. The Bible says this. Still hear some pages turning there. But Ecclesiastes chapter 4 in verse 9. The Bible says, two are better than one. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their efforts. That's encouraging. For if either falls, his companion can lift him up. But be the one who falls without another to lift him up, the one who falls when he's by himself. Also, if two lie down together, they can keep warm. But how can one person alone keep warm? And if someone overpowers one person, two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. Let's pray and ask God to bless our time. Father in heaven, Oh, Lord, my prayer this morning is that no one here will remember my name, but they will remember the name of Jesus. I pray, God, that you'd hide me behind your word. I pray, God, you'd use me as a messenger to share your message. If there's anything in my notes that you don't want me to say, or I pray you'd remove that. But, God, I give you freedom in this place. This is your time, not mine. I want to get out of your way. Don't let me mess it up, Lord. Holy Spirit, would you please fall on this place? We ask for a fresh feeling in the name of Jesus. Would you captivate our minds? I ask in Jesus' name you remove any distractions, and we just have a moment to experience you and learn and grow from your word, Jesus. Touch my lips and fill my mouth with your words. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. See, the reason why we're stronger together is because life is about our reward, not your reward. Let me say that again. Life is about our reward, and it's not about your reward. I wish somebody would have told me that when I was a little kid. I actually wish that would have been a tattoo I got, right? <laughs> if there's, I wish I had a t-shirt when I was about eight, right? I'm gonna start trying to teach my kids this, right? It's not about our reward. It's, about, it's not about your reward. It's about our reward. He says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their efforts. Now, you, I, I told you guys this before. I'm a country boy. I, I grew up in Purier, Tennessee. It's the hub of the universe, actually. Anybody ever been to Puryear, Tennessee, right? Anybody been to Paris, Tennessee? Brandon, I know Brandon has, right? It's the hub of the universe. Everything started there. It's the beginning of time. That's where Genesis, when when God spoke the world into existence, that was Puryear, Tennessee, Jason, okay? That's where I grew up. And I grew up, well, and we picked everything. Like in the summer, that's how we, like country boys, you know, if you want school shoes, or school clothes, or new games, or, or this or that, in the summertime you better get to working. You want to? You better. Hey, tobacco fields, corn fields, all that stuff. I've done it all, right? One of the things I didn't get paid for, I got made to do by my mom was pick strawberries. Any strawberry pickers in here? I love me some strawberries right now. <laughs> I, I I've, I've been. I, I'm kind of an overachiever, you know. I, I want to make sure that I'm the best. I mean, I've got to, I've got to be the best, whatever I do, and, and that's okay. Sometimes it's, it's okay to fail. But for me, growing up, I was like, man, I want to be the best, and so this was the one job I didn't care if I lost. And it seemed like I lost every time. We would go around. We get they give you these little brown buckets, and and you walk around, you fill them up with with strawberries, and then you get to the thing and you weigh it, and whoever has the most weight, obviously won. Now, time and time again, my bucket was always small, right? There was nothing in it. But I was picking more strawberries than anybody that went with us. I can tell more than my mom and my brother. Does anybody have, have any idea where my strawberries are going? I like strawberries, okay? And here's the reason why I tell that story. It's because every time we'd go home, we'd have a whole lot less strawberries together and i really believe a lot of times in our churches we're we're so worried about our we're so worried about ourselves that we miss the double blessing that we get together if you think about all those strawberries that i ate and all the times and moments and places that we could have enjoyed them whether it's homemade strawberry ice cream strawberry pie whatever it may be As a family, we missed out on so much. And I'm telling you, I believe as a church, and a lot of times, Jason, this is what we do. We're so focused on our reward. We want to do good for God for ourselves instead of, one, to become what God wants us to become, and two, for the body of Christ. Everybody say stronger together. I believe that that is our next step. I I think a lot uh, about the rich young. F- uh, hold on just a second here. Got my notes mixed up. There we go. I think a lot about what Jesus said in Luke chapter 12. It, it's a it's a it's a verse that a lot of people talk about when they talk about money. But I really think it it it, it speaks to us here in Luke chapter 12 about the rich young fool and it, fool. And it talks about a man who continually has, has a successful business, and he has this bright idea. He's like, I am getting so much. I am collecting so many things. I'm being, I'm being so blessed. I need to find a place to store all of my blessings. Like, things are going so good for me. Let me create a space where I can keep all of myself, my stuff for myself. Man, I'm so guilty of that Sometimes. And Jesus tells a parable in Luke chapter 12 and verse 20. He says, but God says to him, this is what God says to that man with that type of mentality. He says, you fool. This very night your life is demanded of you and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? That's how it is with the one who stores up treasures for himself. He is not rich towards God. You see, a life lived for your personal gain alone is a life of poverty in the sight of God. I, I, this week I was when I was studying through this message I was looking at different articles and I saw an article or, or I saw an article that had a picture of a lady and it's not a real picture but it, I think it makes sense and so you see the picture of this lady she's actually drowning in money right it's not real it's not literal but I think it makes sense the reason why I think it makes sense is because the very thing that she was, trying to put all of her life in, the very thing that she was collecting, that she was putting all of her hope in, all of her, all of her efforts in, that very thing would be the one thing that brought her to her death, if this was a real picture. And I think about all the people that could have been touched, that could have been changed, if her blessings had been shared. I'm going to tell you something. I've learned this in my life. One of the loneliest places to be, one of the most loneliest places to be, is when the only person you think, care, or work towards, and your only goal is for yourself. It's a lonely place to be. It's exhausting. I believe some of us are exhausted because the only thing we think about is us. Man, I may not be much, but I'm all I think about, right? Right? <laughs> We're all guilty of it, right? It's getting quiet in here. It's okay. I do the same stuff, right? But I want us to start thinking about how we take God's blessings, how the gifts that God has given us, the blessings that God has given us. It's not just for you. It's not just for me. It's for us. And if you want to see God do something incredible in this church, if you want to see God do something amazing in this place, we've got to get a bigger vision, We've got to say, I want to be a part of something bigger than myself. That's what the rich fool couldn't see. He couldn't see. like God's saying, why why would you do that? You don't even know when you're going to die. Why would you do that? I I, I saw saw another picture this week um, of some, some kids, and I thought to myself, I was scrolling through, and I said, you know what? These kids, I was reading the backstory on them. I don't have time to talk about it. But I was thinking about these kids. I said, you know, these kids don't have anything, but you know what they have? They have each other. They have each other. everybody say we're stronger together. We are I, I believe that we're stronger together because it's not about you know your reward, it's about our reward. and I believe that life is about imperfect people helping each other. Life is about imperfect people helping each other. You see and when we only think when I only think about me, I don't have any time left in my day to think about you. When I'm only thinking about my needs, I have no time left in my day to think about your needs. And what happens when I only think about me, I start to minimize my imperfections. And I start to maximize your imperfections. And then my pride goes way up here. And my humility and servant attitude goes way down here. Next thing you know, I'm separated from the very thing that God has placed next to me to help grow me and change me. God didn't put that person in your class, in your in your work, on your street, in your neighborhood that crossed your path, right, just so they could see how great your life is, just so they could see your reward. Well, I, t- I think sometimes we think it's uh, like some other programs. I think... I think I think God, you know, the, the church is gonna grow by attraction, not promotion, right? <laughs> people are just gonna be attracted by how much I love Jesus, right? That happens one in a million times. It says faith comes by they need to hear it from you. There's people that aren't here yet. And they're not gonna get here unless they hear it from you. But our, our, our vision, our perspective, our, our passion, our desire, our hope, what we're looking at has to change. We have to take the focus completely just off of my two feet, right, and start looking at the feet of others. Here's what I love about Jesus. He wasn't just for justice. He wasn't just for people. He was with people. He wasn't just for good things or for change. He was with them in the midst of it. God's, I don't know who God's calling you to be with in the midst of their imperfection, in the midst of their struggle, but I know He's doing it because He nudges me. And man, it's the, it's, the, it's the worst times. It's the worst times, right? You're sitting there hanging out. I, I've, I've had this happen all the time. like I'll be my happy place is on my back porch. Watching my birds. I know I've turned into my I've turned into an old person. I've turned into I hope she's not watching, turned a little bit into my mom, right? Like I'm she loves birds. My grandmother loves birds. Now I have binoculars. I have two bird feeders. You go if you listen, you can go in my garage at any time, and there is a look, I don't run out of bird feed. My birds stay fed, baby. Like I'm I'm on them. And I'll be out there listening, have my little meditation music, my fans blowing the wind. I'm like, ah. Whew, God is good. Right? And then my lost neighbor steps outside. I'm like, ah. <laughs> Thanks, God. Right? Get up. Get up. Get up. Get up. We're stronger together. I think of this illustration a lot in my life because it's it's so true. I, I know animals have, like, they skipped a, a few places on the value chart, right? I mean, they have their own store now. Like, dogs have their own store. and They have their own wardrobes now. Like, when I was a kid, I mean, I'm just, I hope I don't offend anybody, but I mean, like, the whole kick the dog thing, like, that was a normal, like, converse. I don't even know if I've even heard a joke about kicking the dog. They're like, what? You kicked the dog? You would be arrested. Like, my dad used to use the kick the dog joke, like, all the time, right? Everybody in the room was looking at me like, did he just say that? Just kidding. He never actually kicked the dog. But it used to be a joke, right? Like, dogs and animals are so important, right? And I, I, But the reason why, I, you know, I, I, I feel like we kind of always never let them come to our level. Like, we always feel like we're smarter than them. We should, because we are. But there's something that we can learn. It's, it, it's, it's illustration about the herd. I, I talk about it. I may have used it here. I use it all the time. But here's what I, here's what I know about animals. If an animal is wounded... If it's realized a struggle, if it's realized an imperfection, if it realizes I need help, it will do anything it can to stay close to the herd. It will fight to the death. It will struggle, run, scrape, claw just to stay close to the herd because he knows that we're stronger together. Jason, he knows if I stay close to the herd, if I just stay close to the herd, there's safety there. There's help there. There's strength there. Humans, when we get wounded and we get imperfect or we have struggles, we're the only ones that'll go off by ourselves and struggle all by ourselves. Go off by ourselves and die in a cave alone when the herd is just. If, we'll, we'll know we can even see the herd. We, we even comprehend there's help in the church. When did, when did we lose that? Jesus isn't a God, church isn't a God club for good people, it's a hospital for the sick. The cross on the church is representative of of, of a God who died for our sins. We are invitational. We are begging people to come and hear about our Jesus that we talked about, the foundation of our faith that deserves all of our glory because he is Faithful. That's what I want the church to become, and I think, I think that's the message we can share to this community, because listen, we don't even have to go look for them. God's sending them here. This, this Sumner County is exploding. Houses and subdivisions going up everywhere, and we can have our little church, or we can say, you know what? God put us here as imperfect as we are. You know that, because Jason's your pastor, Right? I can say that now. It's my third time. Y'all know I love him. <laughs> There's some. You know, I'm getting some privileges with the third time. I like that. As imperfect as we are, God's calling us to reach them. There's no question in my mind that he is. And um, one of the things I like to talk about, and just describing this is is the Bible, you know. Moses. I'll, when I think of Moses, and you hear about Moses, and or if you go into like a, a kindergarten little teaching class, they're always talking about Moses as he's one of the Bible heroes, and he should be, right? And we always talk about how incredible he was, and he let you know he's you get see the picture. I actually have a tattoo of it, right? Didn't think about that till now, right? Of, of Moses parting the Red Sea, like that's the picture, right? Of Moses. He's the one who negotiated with the most powerful man. On planet Earth right there, Pharaoh, he's the most powerful person right there. On planet Earth, he's negotiating, right? But we forget Moses when he comes to that first battle. After after they brought the people of of Israel out of of Egypt, after the manna comes down, the first group, the first battle is against the group of people called the Amalek's. In Exodus chapter 17, I'm going to read these three verses here. I love when the the Bible continues to affirm itself. I, I love this book. If you, if you don't know, if you, if you want to say, man, I want God to change my life. I want to figure out how to, how to move up in the next place. I, I want to get over this struggle. Get into the word. Get into the word. The word will change your life. That's what that's what happened to me. The Bible says in Exodus 17 in verse 10, Joshua did as Moses had told him and fought against the Amalek while Moses and Aaron and her went on the top of the hill. So you have Moses, Aaron, and Her. they're up on top of a hill. Joshua's down below leading a fierce battle. Remember, we're not thinking this time, you know, this age where we've got, you know, we've got all these guns and and we've got all this this specific spy tech gear. No, these are, this is a brutal battle. I'm not a history teacher like like your pastor, but I'll let him describe it later. But this is a brutal, ancient, biblical times battle. And verse 11 says, while Moses held up his hand, Israel Prevailed. So when Moses' hands are up, they're winning. But whenever he put his hands down, the Amaleks prevailed. So Moses' hands grew weary. They took a stone and put it under him, and he sat down, but that didn't work. Then Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and one on the other side, so his hands remained steady until the sun went down. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his army with the sword. Can you see the picture? A Bible hero, like somebody that we, I mean, we're here because of what Moses did, right? He was, a, he was a man that God used. But listen, we lost when he did it by himself. When he tried to hold his arms up by himself and use his strength and do it in his own power and, 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 and lead his wife and lead his children and, and serve and, and lead, it, lead be, be a follower of Jesus all by himself, he couldn't do it. He had to have brothers around him that would hold him up. Brothers and sisters, that's what we need. That's what the church is for. Don't listen, don't suffer and struggle alone when God's got a church family here for you. When they held him up, they were victorious. I always say it like this: You're in a battle that you can't win by yourself. That's not God's design. God didn't design it that way. Hey, you're stronger together. Are you still with me? Say you're stronger together. Say it like you mean it. You're stronger together. Yes, we are, because it's not about it's not about your reward, it's about our reward. It's about, listen, it's about us imperfectly helping each other, right? The imperfect people are helping each other. And finally, life is about having accountability together, right? Verse 12 says this, and if someone empowers one person, two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. Now, um, this has been something that I've always thought about, and I think it's it's super practical, just the whole cord of three strands, but I, I have an illustration that I think maybe might drive this home. And remember who I am. I'm, I'm the guy that, takes a point, and I just kind of just, I just nail on it. I just, I just, I just, I want us to leave here remembering this. I want this to be a part of our DNA. I want this to be a part of your daily life. I want to renew your mind. I want you to be thinking I'm stronger together. I want you to be thinking that person, if, if, if I'm a part of their life, maybe they'll be stronger. Be thinking that uh, everything you do, I want to be invitational. I want to go to, I want to be a part of, I promise you, you will see the life of this church change, and you will see your life change if we start taking this mentality. Now, listen, is there anybody in here who says, I'm not strong enough to to rip this piece of paper? Nobody in here would say that, right? You can easily rip it. That was pretty easy. That's what Satan sees us like. He says, man, if I can just get him alone, if I can just get you by yourself. He's the father of lies, so he doesn't speak English, Spanish, Portuguese. He speaks lies. See, he knows if somebody else is around, they might say, wait, what did he say? You might start talking together. I don't know if that's true. But if I can just get you alone. You know, most sins happens when we're by ourselves. The things we say, we do, we feel, we we get alone, we get by ourselves, we get that stuff in our heads, and we or, or maybe we lead up, we come into a space, and our anger bursts out. But we listen. That started a long time ago in our head, all by ourselves, just you and Satan, whispering the lies. See, this is what this is what the church, I think, in a lot of ways, we we just get out there and we're like, well, I got the Bible, and I and and I pray, and I know I have Jesus, so I can just get out here and I'll just I'll just do this all by myself. All by myself. It's not how God designed it. Even Paul talks about the body of Christ. He talks about the fingers and the toes. None of it's more important than the other. It's it's a body that works together. Now look at this. Jason's the strongest person in the room. Jason, come up here, Jason. Come on, Jason. There's no doubt in my mind that he is the strongest. Here, y'all give it up for him. Come on. No doubt. But as strong as he is, as muscular as he is, right? This guy has been living in the gym. He goes to the gym every week. And watch it. No, I'm just he works out. Go ahead. Can you just tear that? Just right. Put your hands up here, down the middle, and just tear it. Because we just, it's just paper. It's just paper. No, I mean like down the middle, just tear it. (laughs) I'm just kidding, Lord, right? Y'all give it up for Jay Z. He's a good sport, right? Look, look. Do you see it? It's it's trivial, I know. But look, by ourselves, we are these little fragile, easily torn apart pieces of paper. But together, together, we're stronger. And we can't be torn apart. You you say, well, how has the church lasted? All the disease, all the lies, all the violence, all the attacks. How has the church lasted? We see what's happening uh, overseas. Like we see all the attacks, all the person. How has it lasted? Because the church has known it's stronger together. And the beautiful thing, you know what's holding us together, is the power of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit of God. You think about how sin entered our world. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1. Now the serpent was the most cunning of all the wild animals. He's a liar. That the Lord God had made, he said to the woman, did God really say you can't eat from any tree in the garden? Who's there having that conversation with Satan, right? It's Eve, and who else? Satan, and we'll say the the serpent. Is there anybody else around? I know this is a big knock on Abraham's, You know, all the men's conferences you go to, this is is where we beat up the men, right? They're like, where are you at, Adam? You know, kicking him, right? And he should have been there. that's, That's true, right? But I think we missed the point. The point is that she was alive. Sin entered our world and changed humanity forever because of isolation. That's the same trick and tool he's been using since the beginning. He wants to tear us apart. Everybody say we're stronger together. I'll end this way. We're, we're done. Uh, the band can go ahead and come up. I'll, I'll end with just a short illustration. Is this. Uh, I got invited for one of my students to go, to come over for, um, it was kind of a, it was like a ceremony, like a passing the torch sort of thing. He was getting married, and he invited people over to his house that he had said had invested in his life over the years, And, and so it was an honor and a privilege for me to be able to go there and be with him, and I've known this, he was a student of mine, and high school. And then he was a student of mine. He moved to Memphis when we were there and and had a ministry there. And so it was just, it was cool, you know, that God had kind of put our lives together and he helped. um, He joined us as we joined the Lord there, Lord in Memphis and started that ministry. But i tell you what was unique. We got to hanging out and talking. We had some lasagna and cookies and all that stuff. We're hanging out. And um, he said, uh, he started telling me his story. And I'd heard his story before, but I'd never connected the dots. It was like the scales had came off my eyes, you know, and he he says, you know, uh, man, my dad left. I said, really? When's your dad leaving? He told me. I said, man, my dad left around the same time. His name's Adam, by the way, right? There's another Adam over here, too. We have the same shirt on. Give a shout-out to Adam, right? <laughs> Adam's much taller much handsomer. That's how y'all can tell us apart. Um, but, yeah, we called before and was like, well, can we, how, can we co- how can we coordinate so that Jason feels left out? So we'll do that next week. <laughs> But, but we realized like we had a lot of things in common. Like he, his dad left the same time my dad left. But i tell you what was different about our stories. He said, man, when my dad left, I started going to a church. I said, you did? He said, man, I started getting, and I'm not making this up So you'll so you'll do all these things. You should do these things. But this is a true story. Adam says, listen, I started, I started going, and then I got involved in a life group on Sunday morning. I started going to the student ministry on Wednesday. I started going to the Sunday morning life group. My mom got involved. He said and there was two guys there that stayed in the gap for me. He said they became like my spiritual dads. They were there. We, were all, we all. By the time we're already started, we're starting to tear up, right? We're like, this is, this is powerful. He talked about how they read through the Bible together, how they discipled them, and how they, he stayed with them all the way through high school all the way through the ministry. And then I told my story. I said, man, when my dad left, I didn't go to church. He talked about all the times they talked about, you know, the pain that he was going through and how hard it was. And I said, I didn't tell anybody. I didn't get involved in the church. And when I walked away from there, I realized there were these two paths, right? The path of isolation and the path of togetherness. Now, I live in victory today, but there are scars and wounds in my heart and in my life that never go away. Things that I have to struggle with on a daily basis that I wouldn't have to had I got involved in the community, had I got involved with together. But two ways I want to say this. One, like I talked about, there are things that haven't happened yet that if you will lean into the church body, if you'll lean in to, these, to the deacons here, if you'll lead in to the life groups here and the community here and you'll share your struggles and you'll walk hand in hand, you'll have victory and there'll be a lot of things that you don't fall into or wounds that you never have to have. And another thing is, is as this community grows, the populations of students and kids in this community is Astronomical. We're already building another school system uh, over by Carrollton, where I live. We're building another school system out going towards White House. There'll be another one over here soon. Kids are everywhere. Students are everywhere. They're gonna need the body of Christ to be there for them. There's Adams, <laughs> who are gonna either plug in here and live a life of victory, and man, he it was being at his wedding was just. Just so joyful, like he did it the right way. He's doing great. He's not perfect, but he's doing great. Or there's or the one like me, who most of the guys who go on the path that I, I went on, they're dead or in jail. People ask me about my friends. I say I don't. I don't have them from from when I was in school. We're stronger together. You can bow your heads, and I'm gonna. I'm gonna just. Do, do this little short invitation and, and here's, here's what I want to say. One, I'm going to ask you to commit to something and that is to pray for your pastor and his wife and their children every day. Set a reminder on your phone, put it in your Bible wherever you get your coffee, whatever you do, put it by your toothbrush, whatever you have to do, Pray for your pastor every day. He needs your prayers. The strength of your prayers will make the difference in his life. I promise you there's nothing more powerful than prayer. We're praying to the God of the universe. I'm asking you to commit to do that. I'm begging you to. Please, please do. Secondly, I just want to say, give you a give you an opportunity. No one looking around. You say, hey, you know what? One... I've never been a part of a community like this. I've never, i I've, I just haven't went all in. I'm not asking you to today, but I just want to pray for you. Say, Adam, I would really love to have that that strength, to have a group around me that would love and support me, and I don't have that right now. You just slip your hand up and slip it back down. Is there anyone? Thank you, thank you. Say, Adam, we pray for me. I pray for you. I saw anyone else. Thank you. Praise God. Father in heaven, oh, what, a, what a powerful tool you've given us that we can lock arms and be together. Thank you, Lord, that we don't have to face life alone. We can face it together. And I'm praying and anticipating through the power of Jesus Christ that this church, that Centerpoint, is going to continue to flourish and grow as they lean, on, lean in and lock arms together in prayer and go after and get this community together. Help us to never forget, Lord, how strong we are together. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We really enjoyed spending some time with you today. If this message impacted you in any way, let us know. We want to hear your story. You can contact us at centerpointtn.com. We can't wait to hear from you.